It's a great book in your Bible. God's not mentioned one time. Yeah, he's all over the book. It's a great book. Esther chapter 2. Man, there's a man there I just want to look at for just a little bit. Name is Mordecai. Strange, strange man. He just loved God. He heard a lot of people talk about him in different ways, but the last couple verses there in chapter 2, uh, verse 21, it says, In those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlain, Big Thin and uh, Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it to, uh, uh, unto Esther, the queen, and Esther certified uh, the king thereof in Mordecai's name, and and when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, uh, they were both uh, hanged on a tree, and it was written in a book uh, of the Chronicles before the king. Chapter 3, verse 1, After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadetha, an Agagite, uh, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And, and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed, and reverenced Haman, for the kings had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servant, uh, which was in the gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgress thou the king's commandment? Now is it, it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened uh, not unto them, that they told uh, the matter to Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for, for he had told them that he was a Jew." And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then Haman was full of wrath, and he thought uh, scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him uh, the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even, all the, uh, even the people of Mordecai. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for a man named Mordecai, a Lord that took a stand on the grounds that he needed to stand on. And Lord, uh, thank you for all the stuff that you have done. Uh, Lord, this book is just an amazing book to me still today. Uh, story after story after story in the Bible is just full of stuff that you have got laid out before us, uh, Lord, and it really all boils down to us just trusting you. This man trusted you, Lord, and, and now he's an example for us to read and, and trust. Lord, bless the message this morning. If there's anyone in here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray that they come to know you today. Today would be a great day. Uh, to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Again, Father, thank you for your blessings. Bless the service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a good song. Them girls sing, I'd like her crying, man. Uh, they started talking about the, the waters and everything else, and my mind goes back, if you didn't know I was in the Navy, uh, but my mind goes back to those days and being out in the middle of the ocean uh, all by yourself. I mean, you're on a ship with 500 men one time and 1,000 the next one. And that's where you live out there. I mean, I had shore commands, but they weren't nothing like being out at sea. Uh, I was scared to death the first time I went out to sea. I tell you, it scared me to death because it was something totally different, something totally new. Uh, but you talking about an adventure. <laughs> oh, man, it's an arrr. I mean, it's an adventure. Uh, I, can, you, I can't even, I can't put it into words. Uh, you have to be out there because you, you get out there and you see and, and you watch the stuff happen and, and the way the Lord says it. And it's true, man. I mean, the, them ships, I don't care how big a ship, I was on a big old ship, man, and it was tossed around like a cork in the middle of a storm. Uh, I was on carriers, and, and people would be thrown up on aircraft carriers because of the bounce on things. 
Uh, although it's a thousand feet long, I mean, it still does this, and waves will still tear them things up. I don't care what anybody says, that ocean is an amazing thing. Uh, and, and the Lord calms that thing when he calmed that sea down and just said, peace be still, and it went poof. I was like, you know, I, when I read that thing, I see that stuff happening. I'm, I'm beyond a point anymore thinking, well, you know, that's in the Greek it says this, and in the Hebrew it says that, ah, puke on that. I'm beyond all that, man. I'm like, Lord, I want to watch you do that, man. That's what I want. I want to watch you do. I want to walk on water. That's what I want to do. Uh, I'll get to, they say out there beyond the, the end of the universe is a body of water called the great deep out there. I'm going to walk on that thing one of these days. Uh, I'd like to walk on it now. I wish I could. I, boy, I tell you what, I wish I could do, not wish, I, I would pray that I, one day I would be able to do some of the stuff that he did. I'll never get that chance. We walk by faith, not sight, by the way. I mentioned that in Sunday school. And sometimes it's just not fun to do stuff. You're going to find some things right here that just wasn't fun. Mordecai, this, this story goes on. There's, there's, there's several players in this story. It's, this is going to be more of a history lesson today than anything else. I got four little things I'm going to say right at the end. If I get to them, bam, the message is done. Uh, king Ahasuerus. King Ahasuerus is the king in, in uh, Shushan the palace. That's just his job. Uh, he had a problem, a few things going on. And then there's Haman the son, uh, Haman Detha. Uh, he's, a, he's a wicked man. He's, he's a picture of Saint, Satan, probably incarnate. Then there's Mordecai the Jew. Mordecai is just a normal, everyday guy. Uh, big fan, uh, Turish, uh, the doorkeepers, Esther, Esther the queen, and Vashti the, the previous queen. This whole thing starts out, and what you'll find is the providence of God all the way through this book. God had a plan. Now, in, even in this plan right here, when you start to think of it, sometimes our vision is so narrow that, that we can't see the bigger picture. Uh, that's what was wrong with most people in the military, that when I was in the military, they can't see the bigger picture. They see just their little section of something, and they don't know really what's going on. But boy, you start widening your mind up to see the bigger picture, and the whole world opens up. It's just amazing. Uh, God opens up the whole world to this thing. Mordecai is just a normal Jew, taking care of his own business. He's got a, a, a niece, uh, which is Hes Esther, uh, her mother and father died. He took her as his daughter to take care of and raise her up. He's just minding his own business. And, and one day, the queen, uh, Vashti, the, and you'll hear people all the time say, well, uh, Ahasuerus was wrong. No, in the day, he was absolutely right. In the day that he lived, Vashti should have. Now, if we're going to apply the, the same standards today on them today, I think that's foolish. They didn't have those standards back then. As a matter of fact, if we were back there and we went up to the king and said, hey, king, I think you're wrong, he'd have your head cut off. And you wouldn't be able to talk much longer after that. Or he'd hang you on a gallows somewhere. As a matter of fact, he'd build the gallow and then hang you on it. While you're watching him build the gallow. It was the way it was done. I'm sorry if, if we disagree with it today. That is so foolish. I'm, I am so fed up with people saying, well, 200 years ago, 500 years ago. Hey, man, 500 years ago, that's what they did. I didn't live 500 years ago. I lived today. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the stuff today. Mordecai was just minding his own business. Vashti, the king said, hey, he got a little... He was drinking, had a party, big party. And they had big, 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 big parties. And he said, bring Queen Vashti out with the royal apparel on. I want everybody to see how beautiful she is. I think most men love to show their wives off. Vashti said, women's liver. No, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> All right, fine. You're booted out, man. I'll kick you out. Fine, you can do whatever you want. You want a free will? Fine, there's your free will. You just got fired. You're no longer queen. Well, when that happened, you know, here's King, Kingy Poo. He's like, wait, wait a minute. I don't have a queen no more. We got a problem here. I got to get another queen. So they go get all the fair young virgins in the land. And Esther was one of them. 
And he's going to check each one of them out and give them some time. It's about a year on each one to clean up. And when they got to the place where they came in to him, if he fell in love with them, they stayed. If not, he sent them someplace else, and that was where they went. Unless he called them by name, they never came back. Mordecai was always watching. He never got into business of anybody else. He just kept his mouth shut. The story is pretty clear on all that. And what he did was he would go to the court every day making sure Esther was okay. And she was. And one day, lo and behold, Esther walks in, and they, they give all these other ladies all this other stuff. Esther didn't need anything. She didn't want anything. She cared nothing about anything. She only took what they gave her. She went in with what she had, and the king goes, whoa, that's her right there, man. That one's it. I'm telling you what, most of the time, guys, when you find the right one, she'll get you right off the bat. You don't have to look anywhere else. I mean, you'll know that one right there is it. I knew Beth was it the moment I seen her, uh, only because I knew she knew that I was it. And I had to take care of her. The Lord said, you got to take care of this one. She's going to need some help. <laughs> I said, okay, it's been 32 years. It's been a blast, man. I tell you what, I, it's, I've been doing this for 42 years, and I'm telling you, I've had more fun in 42 years than I can even, I, I can't imagine getting any, any more fun-er. Uh, you may, and that's not probably a word, but uh, it, any more enjoyable. Uh, it, it, it goes on and on and on, and I know that one of these days I'm going to take my last breath, and when I do, uh, I'm going to be outside of this thing right here that's hindering me right now. At 64 years old, going on 65, it's starting to hurt. And this thing is starting to hinder. And I don't like it anymore. And I want it to go away. But boy, one of these days, the Lord's going to give me a freedom. And I'll tell you what, when he gives that freedom, you're going to be gone. Uh, could, not, could have returned. Ezra, Mordecai is down the road just a little ways from, from when they go back to build the temple. And when uh, Cyrus come up and said, hey, uh, all you Jews, you can go back and build the temple in Jerusalem. I'll let you go. Mordecai didn't go. He stayed there. So in, in 538, Zerubbabel was the first of the group that returned back to go build the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, Ezra, uh, it, the book of Nehemiah or Esther goes right in because Ezra goes back and he, he goes back in 558. So between 583 and 571, the book of Esther sits like right in between uh, Zerubbabel and Ezra going back. And then once that happens, Nehemiah shoots back. All these books are tied together, by the way. They're all tied right, right in, the, in together. You can't miss them. Uh, 444 BC, Nehemiah approaches the king, finds out the walls in Jerusalem are torn down and, and all burned up. And the king says, well, what's wrong with you, Nehemiah? And, and Nehemiah prayed for a second. He says, oh, king. And king says, well, what are you asking? He said, I'd like to go back and build those walls. And the king says, hey, go do that thing, man. You go build them walls. When will you be back? Because you're, you're my best cupbearer. I don't want to lose you. And you're, you're the guy who I can get uh, ping off the wall and get some information from. I need you back. Uh, Nehemiah uh, return, goes to 444. He heads out to, to go to Jerusalem to build the walls. The walls are complete. Uh, and then in 430, somewhere around that time frame, Nehemiah returns back. Uh, to Babylon and does his things. Mordecai the whole time was sitting uh, there in uh, Shushan the palace. Now, brethren, what God had going on here is he had, you know what we miss sometimes? Is the greatness of God. He had, he had Zerubbabel over there taking care of Zerubbabel in Israel, in Jerusalem, uh, fighting everybody out there trying to get the temple built. Then he has Ahasuerus sitting here with Haman and got Mordecai and, and Esther sitting here. Then he's got Nehemiah getting ready to go back and Ezra's already went back and they're building the temple, but they need the walls around there. 
there's so much stuff that God is doing at one time. It's not just about you and me and our little world. It's a much bigger world out there. And what he's looking for is people who will do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. So the title of this message is Sitting in the Right Seat. Are you sitting in the right seat today? You need to be sitting in the right seat. Mordecai starts this thing out in, in chapter 2. In those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, he was right where he was supposed to be. He wasn't supposed to be nowhere else. When he was supposed to be at work, he was at work. When he's supposed to be at the king's gate, he's at the king's gate. When he's out, supposed to be walking in front, make sure Esther's okay, he was right there. He was always right where he was supposed to be. But this day, he's sitting in the right place. You know where you ought to be? I'm going to throw this in on Sunday morning. Right here. If you can, if you can, there's things that come up that will hinder people from coming. I got that. But the most of us, the majority of us, there's nothing hindering us. We just... Sometimes, man, I'm telling you what, the littlest thing will keep you from coming to church. I mean the littlest thing. Uh, I, I woke up this morning and I was tired. I didn't want to come to church. <laughs> Best that ain't a good enough excuse, so I'll try to figure another one out. I couldn't get one that she approved of. So I'm here today. Mordecai tells Esther, and the two of them seek God. She goes back and says, Haman, Haman starts into this thing. We're starting, well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I'm on the wrong page is what the problem is. I've got my page flipped over. Yeah, there we go. There's. While Mordecai sat in the king's gate, these two thugs come up. And they're just rebels is all they were. And Mordecai is sitting here. He's a, he's a slave. Uh, he, he was captured. He was brought and transported from Israel into Babylon or into uh, where he's at right now in, in northern Iraq up there where, where Shushan the palace was. And he was sitting there. You don't hear him getting mad at the king. He always honored the king. He did whatever the king said. And these two men were going to, Big Than and, and Tirish, uh, they thought they were going to lay hands on the king and kill him. And Mordecai told Esther, said, Esther, uh, you got access to the king. I don't necessarily have that access. Uh, you need to warn him about these two guys. They're going to do something bad. And she goes and tells, and the king does an a, a, a investigation. And sure enough, they were going to do that. And he takes two of them out to hang him. He writes it in the book and forgets all about it. God never forgets. Amen. Sometimes in life, you will do something and get no credit for it. Grow up. <laughs> That's what you need to do is grow up. Uh, it's part of life. If you did your job, you did that which was required of you, and that you should be happy that you got a paycheck if you got a paycheck. Uh, if you didn't get a paycheck, then get another job. I got that one. But if you're working for somebody and they offer you $100 a, a day and you get $100 a day, shut up, man. Do your job. That's what Mordecai's doing. Mordecai's got everything he needs, and he knows that the king has been taken care of him. And sometimes people in, in higher positions don't always catch the little stuff. They don't understand all the stuff that goes down. They just trust people that's around them. I had a senior chief one time on a ship, and we had these chits. We called them a, a request chits. They were about this big. Eight, eight pieces of paper, you know, you write on it, it goes through all eight. And you ordered everything. And we had a stock number. You had, so you had to look the stock number up, put the stock number on it, fill the whole thing out, send it to the, the supply people they had ordered, and you get your part in. I had, I had a stack of, of, of requests just about this tall. And I sit down with Senior Chief Franklin. He, he loved me. Me and him was good friends. And, uh, and I was at E6. He's my Senior Chief. I'd do anything in the world for that man. And uh, he goes, <laughs> me and him talking, he's just signing them, just signing them. And he'd hand it to me, and I look at it. I had two piles. I had one pile this big and one pile that big. 
And this pile, this, like, I mean, I had soda machines and coffee and, and shoes and boots and a new car and, and all this other stuff over in this pile. This over here, I really needed this stuff. I said, Senior, did you see what you just did? He goes, what? I said, look, you just, I got boots for all of us. I said, I got a new, I got all this stuff right here that you just signed that I can have. He said, oh, Elliot, tear those things up and shut up, man. You know what it was? He trusted me. Impeccably. He trusted me. I didn't have to prove to that man anything. He trusted me. He knew I had his back. So he signed whatever I stuck in front of him. He signed. That's the way King Ahasuerus was. When Haman came up, he just, Haman told him some stuff. He didn't know all the stuff that was going on in the, in the kingdom, but he trusted him. King conveniently forgot about Mordecai, but God didn't. But they did write it in a book. It's written somewhere down. You don't have to worry about that. King promotes Haman. Now, he didn't know Haman was a jerk. He probably realized, hey, you don't get to that level, really, that you're not arrogant. Uh, you got to think that you're something more special than everybody else. And you're always trying to promote yourself. That was Haman. Esther 3.1. And after these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman. Haman was an Agagite. And if you go back in your Bible a little bit, you'll find out that way back there somewhere, uh, Moses is fighting the Amalekites. That's this group right here. And while he's fighting them, his arms get tired. He's holding a rod up. His arms get tired. And Aaron's on one side, hers on the other. And they help him hold it up. And Joshua's out there fighting them. And the Lord says that from that day forward that they're going to wipe them off the face of the planet. And later on down the road, Saul becomes king. And he goes and fights with Agag. And Agag, uh, he, they defeat him. And, he, and he was supposed to, Samuel said, you're supposed to wipe them out. Don't leave anybody there. Wipe them out. Well, Samuel didn't, or, or Saul didn't do that. He brought Agag back and all the sheep and cattle and everything else. And, and Samuel got really mad. And Samuel whacked the guy up in pieces and, and threw him out to the dogs or whatever he did with him. But he got rid of him. And that's just the way it was back then. You go, oh, that's terrible. I don't know. Boy, I tell you what, if we had more of that stuff today, we probably wouldn't have the problems in our country and our world that we got. You know what's wrong with us today is we're so used to doing what we think we should do without looking at the big picture. There's a much bigger picture than any one of us in this room today. And the, the Lord has got that picture. It's getting ready to be painted. I can't wait till the day. Mordecai would not honor him. Why? Because Mordecai knew the history. He said, this guy's an Agathite. He's, a, he's, a, he's King Agag. And, uh, Agag. and I said, he said, I ain't going to do it. That's character. What's wrong with most people today is we have zero character or very little. When it comes to doing the right thing, we walk by faith and not by sight. Mordecai knew what he believed, and he said, I am not bowing down to that guy that the Lord said no. I'm not going to do it. Well, when he found out that the Jews were part of that thing, he was going to take the Jews out. Exodus 17, 14, and 1 Samuel uh, 1520 talks about that thing. And Haman thought his, I mean, his rage was so high, he wanted to kill him. Uh, he thought his rage see, uh, seeks the opportunity, seeing the opportunity to rid the world of his adversary, the Jew. He was going to kill him on the entire planet. When he said in the nation, uh, Ahasuerus was in charge of all the known world in that area at that time, he was talking about killing every Jew that existed. He's like another Aber, uh, Adolf Hitler. Uh, that's exactly what this man was going to do. And he got so mad with his rage that he couldn't see beyond some of the things that happened. Esther 3.8 says, And Haman, I'm getting to the message here in just a second. And Haman said unto him, unto King Hyasaurus, this There is a certain people scattered abroad, 
and dispersed among the people in, in all the provinces of the kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the uh, king's prophet to suffer them. That's Daniel. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's Nehemiah. That's Ezra. That's all this. You see, Satan is getting ready to, what he's trying to do is shut down the seed of Christ. He's trying to shut that thing out and get it to where Christ would never come in this world. Brethren, the thing is about the Lord and about Satan and not us. Uh, we just happen to be in the middle of this thing. Verse 9, Haman's talking to the king, and he says, If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hand of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasury. Verse 15 says, The post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment, because when the king said something, it went. And the decree was given in Shushan the palace, and the king and Haman sat down to drink. The king never thought a thing about it. He said, well, there's nothing wrong. He said, these people cause me trouble. They need to go. He never checked. He never did anything. He just believed it. Mordecai was one of those people. Esther was one of those people. But the king didn't know that, and Haman didn't know that yet. It's getting ready to come out. Haman thought he had the whole matter completely under his control. Have you ever got to the place in your life where you thought you had everything under control? And then one day you find out that it all falls apart? <laughs> you, said, you think you got the, the upper hand on everything? I was telling a story in, uh, this morning in Sunday school class. Uh, I, I battled with something for about a week, and the Lord told me exactly what to do, and I just tried to find other ways to do it uh, so that I would come out a little bit different, uh, the outcome. And finally, I agreed with him. I said, okay, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. And my conscience wouldn't leave me alone, and if you're not going to leave me alone, I'm going to do what you say. And I, you, you'd think that I would do everything right all the time. I don't. I'm sorry. I wish I would. Uh, so I go do exactly what he says. Well, I like these oranges. I mentioned this in Sunday school. I like these oranges. They're sumo oranges. Uh, they're mandarins or something like that. But they're two dollars. They're five dollars for two. And uh, I couldn't find them. I hadn't been able to find them for a long, long time. I can find them at the Kroger thing on clearance for a buck for two. And I uh, said so I didn't find them. As soon as I did what I was supposed to do, I I went right to Kroger's to see if they had any. They had thirty-three of them on the on the counter for a buck for three. And I bought all of them. I walked out of there with a cart full of Suma oranges. And the Lord says, see, if you do what I tell you to do, sometimes it works out good. doesn't mean it's always going to work out good. But this time it worked out good. So then I go home and my wife starts handing them out to Cassandra and her kids, man. The next thing I know, I'm like, those are my Suma oranges. Are you out of your crack? Give her a grapefruit or something. Uh, but I, I got right about that too. It was hard. But brethren, you know what? You, God, Mordecai is sitting here. He's doing the right thing. And there's always going to be conflict when you do the right thing. You don't always have to, to, to stick your nose into other people's business. All you have to do is the right thing. And trouble will come. Mordecai is getting ready to get more trouble than he knows what to do with. And Haman sends this thing out. And Mordecai tells Esther. Esther's in the king's palace. He goes, Esther, we got a problem. She goes, what is it? And he goes, Haman. Haman is going to kill all the Jews. And Esther gets scared to death. She don't know what to do. He says, you got to go tell the king. He says, you can't just walk in the king. He said, I can't. I, the king loves me, but I can't just walk in. If I walk in and the king doesn't hold his scepter after me, that's a death sentence on my part. I will die. That was a big thing. Mordecai looked at it and says, well, if you don't do it, he said, deliverance will come from some other place. He says, but how do you know that you weren't here for just this cause, for this purpose that you weren't here? 
You know, if you're sitting in the right seat at the right time when you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be, that when God gets ready to use you, you'll be able to do exactly. He set this entire thing up. Vashti had to be taken out so Esther could be put in. Why? Because he's putting Israel back together. He's putting that back together. And the kings are all helping him do that. Cyrus is helping all this stuff. Everybody, Ahasuerus is doing this. He's got uh, Zerubbabel and he's got Ezra out there doing stuff. He's got Nehemiah getting ready to go out there. He's got Mordecai back in the land in, in the kingdom, making sure everything stays normal so that all this stuff can flow the exactly the same way. It's not just about Esther and it's not just about Mordecai. It's about what God is doing worldwide. And brother, if we're not in the right place at the right time where we need to be, what we're not, we're, we will not get to do what he wants to do. And I'm telling you what, I've had a blast. 42 years of this stuff, I've had a blast. Have I always been in the right place? No, I have not. There's times I, I made a mistake and did the wrong thing, and I had to go back and correct that thing. But over 42, 43 years, most of the time, I've been right where the Lord wanted me to be when he told me to do exactly this church is sitting here because I was at the right place at the right time and other people was at the right place at the right time that we could do this. If we all were not in the right place at the right time, this would have never happened. People, I say, I see that stuff. I see the hand of God all the time in that stuff. I'm always looking for his hand out there somewhere. I, I'm, I like a handout. <laughs> I'm not like Abraham in most cases. Mordecai tells Esther starts to, my little, I mean, she's got this little weasel brain just like me. She starts developing a plan to get the king's attention. She says, I got it. I've seen movies on Esther and they're just all fake and phony. Esther, I mean, she must have been one lovely lady. And she walked in there and the king said, ooh, there she is, my Esther. Goes, <laughs> goes the, the scepter, she comes up and touches it. And she goes, uh, king, I would like to have a banquet. And I would like to have you come over today. And he goes, be right there, man. And he goes, could you, she goes, could you bring Haman with you? Oh, yeah, hey, Haman. And all of a sudden, Haman's head gets about this big. And he goes, tell, oh, they're having a banquet. I got called to it. me and the king and Esther. Hey, Haman, your plan is getting ready to fall apart. Brethren, you can never outwit God. You cannot do it. Haman thought he could. Uh, go, to, go to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs. This is a crazy book. 21. Verse 30, there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. You know what that verse just said? You are not going to outsmart him, and he's going to be able to take care of you when you need it. You know what the hardest thing we'll ever do is just learn how to trust him. You know what Mordecai did? He trusted him. He said, Esther, you either do it or it'll come somewhere else, but God will bring up a deliverance. Mordecai trusted him. We got to get to trust him. Esther, the king loved Esther more than all the other women, but he didn't realize she was a Jew. Haman didn't realize this either. Esther's getting ready to reveal it. Just so happens between they have the first banquet. Look at this, man. Y'all love this. When I get, get to the message, it's this right here. That's it, right there. I'm just giving you that heads up. When Esther had that banquet, she brought uh, Mordecai in, and, and uh, not Mordecai, but Haman, and the king came in, and, and they had their banquet, and the king was all happy. He says, Esther, what do you want? Up to half the kingdom. I'll give you half of everything you got. What do you want? She goes, I want you to come back. Can you come back tomorrow? He goes, yeah, I can come back tomorrow. 
He goes, can you bring Haman with you? Oh, yeah, I can bring Haman. Haman, can you go? Haman is like, his head's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He goes, oh, oh now I'm the second in the, in the kingdom, and now his wife has got me second in the kingdom. I'm, I'm sure, I'm fixed, I'm, and I'm going to kill them stinking Jews. There's one thing, you, but I'll bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curseth thee. And brethren, whether we believe the Bible or not, that's irrelevant. It's actually going to happen. In between the first banquet and the second banquet, the king has a sleeping problem. He's probably thinking about Esther. All night long, he's probably sitting there going, man, she is pretty. She is gorgeous. She is cute. She's everything. She's everything. I get to go have a banquet with her tomorrow. I mean, I get to dump all the, the, the kingly stuff and forget all that stuff and just go sit and have lunch with Esther, man. He goes, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, that's why, and if I could just get rid of Haman, that, that's the problem. It's Haman, she asked him to come, but that's okay. And he couldn't go to sleep. Now, they had rolls. They had rolls everywhere. They, every time it was documented something, it's like going into the, the, the National Library in Washington, D.C. Uh, I mean, just a book on everything. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of books. Well, they had rolls. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands and thousands of rolls they had. And the king said, hey, can somebody read me a bedtime story? And the guy goes, yeah, I do, man. I feel like reading tonight. So he goes and pulls a roll out. And he starts reading the roll, and in the roll it says, In those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Big Than and Teresh, of the, the, those that which kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on her, King Erasmus. And the thing was made known to Mordecai, who told it to Esther, uh, the queen, and Esther certified it to the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And the inquisition was made of the matter, and it was found out. Therefore they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in a book, of the Chronicles of the King, and the king says, whoa, that's a great story. I like it, especially I'm not dead and I'm hearing it again. That's a great story. Did we ever do anything for that guy? And the guy goes, no, you never did. He goes, I cannot believe we didn't do something. After what he just did, we didn't do nothing. He goes, nothing. He goes, is anybody out in the hallway? He goes, yeah, Haman's out there. Bring him in. Haman, what would I do? What would I do? I'm looking for your advice now. What would I do for the man I want to honor? Haman thinks it's him. You know, when you talk to people sometimes, they think it's all about them. You can't talk to anybody about anybody telling them how good somebody else is or what good things they did if they're not included in that thing. They think they've been cheated. They're not cheated. It's just not your day. Everybody has a day. I'm learning that real quick. It's a young man's world. It's a young lady's world. It's not mine anymore. Mine is gone. I had all my time. I'll never be able to go back on a ship. I won't unless somebody invites me on one and I get to go on a kiddie cruise or something. Uh, they'll go out for a day and come back, and that'll be it. And then I'll be all sad because I have to get off the ship again. But I'm telling you what, you, you have to get to the place in life where you let somebody else get some glory. Not glory. Get some recognition. Get a pat on the back. It's not all about us. Haman thinks it's about him. That's all. He's got this head about this big. He wants the king. He's like Big Than. He's like everybody else. He wants to take the king's place. That's what his mind is shooting for. And he, he says, what should we do? He goes, man, he's the king. I'd put the robe on him, your robe. I'd put him on your mule. I'd, I'd get one of your big guys, and I'd, I'd parade him through and, and say, this is what uh, the king does for those that bless him, basically. That's what he said. He said, Haman, go do that to Mordecai. And all of a sudden, Mordecai realizes he just blew it. God brings that thing completely around, and you can guarantee that the Lord is watching everything you do, and he has your back. And you will not have to do anything. All you have to do is do what you're supposed to do at the moment you're supposed to do it. The next day they have their banquet. 
And Haman comes in scared to death because he's done built a gallow. He's so sure they're going to hang Mordecai on this gallow. But now all of a sudden the king just lifted Mordecai up. I got a problem. And the king knows he built that gallow, but the king doesn't know that Esther is a Jew yet. And he loves Esther. And he doesn't know Mordecai is a Jew yet. And Esther goes in and says, honey, dear, sweetie pie. Oh, Esther, poo, what do you want? Honey, I would just like to live. Do what? Well, you know that wicked Haman? What wicked Haman? Well, he wants to kill all the Jews. Well, did you know I was a Jew by any chance? My nation is a Jew, and, and i got to die. Now, if you want to put me in slavery, that's okay. I'll be a slave and be happy with them. You'll never hear me. But, but to kill all my people, can we just kind of live somewhere in slavery? And, boy, you're talking about somebody getting mad. The king walks out. Haman tries to get out of the mess. It's too late. The king comes back in. Next thing you know, Haman's dead. He gets hung on those gallows. God, here's the message. God's always in full control. You need to remember that. It is bigger than you, and sometimes your little part, if you're sitting in the gate, if you're sitting where you're supposed to be sitting, you know one thing I can say for the last 43 years is I have been sitting where I was supposed to sit. Every time I was in a church, when the Lord put me in a church, I have been in a church. I, I haven't always been at church because sometimes things happen, but I know right where my place is. I have learned through this that you have to go by faith and not by sight, and sometimes the people around you are irritating. Sometimes. Not all the time, just sometimes. Sometimes you are irritating to them. And what you learn over a period of time is how to get along with people and to realize that all flesh is grass and that each one of us got a mess and that God's got a bigger plan and he's got, he wants to include us into that stuff. And if we'll just sit back and let him do it, you will get a blast. You'll have a blast going through this thing called life. I look back. I mean, I hear these, I hear these songs up here they're singing. And I'll sit back here and start crying. I mean, tears are running down my face because I can start placing those songs in my life when I first heard them, when I didn't know who Jesus Christ was. And all of a sudden, I started finding out who he was, and I watched him start taking care of me. And here I am, 65 years old, going on 65, and I walk into the store, and they got some stupid oranges there, and I'm praising God about these oranges. <laughs> you say, they're oranges. Yeah, but they're $5 for two, and I only had to pay three for a buck. You don't know me. I hate spending money. <laughs> but I like those oranges. And as the Lord says, see, when you do right, Mike, I'll take care of you. He says, I'll take care of you. You know, I've watched him do that over and over and over for 43 years. And I'm just at a place anymore where I just trust him. God is always in full control. God always has a plan, by the way. His plan, you may not see the whole thing. Mordecai didn't see that whole plan. Mordecai didn't understand that he needed to keep Ahasuerus on the same track as Darius and Cyrus to get that temple and the walls built in Jerusalem. It's more than just Ahasuerus. It's more than just Esther and Mordecai. It is, it, you got Nehemiah, you got Ezra, you got uh, Zerubbabel, you got all the people building this thing. And any hitch in it, the whole thing has to flow through there. God has a plan. God will always implement his plan just at the right time if you're sitting in the right place. Brother, never get mad. I always tell people this all the time. Find what you're supposed to do and do it with all your heart. And in the end, it'll work out. It always does. God just wants us to be sitting in the right place when it starts. 
I'll tell you what, I would, I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it. I, I can sit back and think of those ships out in the middle of the ocean, going scared to death the first time I went on one. And after that, you, I would keep the shore duty, man. Put me on a ship. Let me go out to sea. There's a story here I'm going to tell, and then I'll be done. In World War II, uh, 1942, just after Pearl Harbor was hit, a young man uh, wanted to join the Marines. I know, Paul. I know you got some, but it's okay, man. It's all right. It's World War II. You'll get okay. Just listen. It's a good story. Uh, his name was Jacqueline Lucas. Uh, he is the youngest man to ever get the Medal of Honor. Uh, he was 17 years old when he got it. He joined the Marines when he was 14. Uh, he, did not, he lied about it. He went and got a notary of, uh, to sign the paperwork to say he was 17. Uh, he was in some military schools training and everything else, and he had some tragedies in his family, but he felt like he needed to go do something, and he didn't want the war to pass him by, and he, he just felt bad about everything that happened in war, uh, Pearl Harbor and all the other stuff. So, and he was a stocky kid, too. At 14 years old, he was 180 pounds. Uh, I think he's like five foot nine or five foot ten, 180. He's a big kid. Beat everybody up. I mean, the kid, he just like a Marine, just like a Marine. I mean, the, he already had the lobotomy. Everything was already done. He was ready to go fight. <laughs> but, uh, but, hey, I, we transported Marines. I know, I know Marines, man. I, I know them pretty close. Uh, but anyways, this 14-year-old kid, uh, he got to Hawaii and was just getting ready to go on a uh, ship to go over to combat, and he sends his girlfriend a letter, and in this letter he tells her he's now 15. And it just so happens that they had people reading these letters as they went out sometimes, so they didn't want you to tell stuff, and they found out he was 15, so they were going to send him back to the States and not let him go to battle. Uh, but he said, look, if you do this, he's a little kid, man, 15 years old, 15, don't tell me still you can't have character. Tell, don't tell me you still can't accomplish what's in your heart. This kid at 15 years old told him, he said, look, if you don't let me stay in the Marines, I will go join the Army. And that ticked the Marines off, so they let him stay. Uh, they said, we can't send you into battle because you're only 15, so we'll let you drive the trucks and stuff around uh, uh, Pearl Harbor. And he did that for a little while, and he got tired of that. And he got up to 16 and, and just about ready to turn 17. And one day he said, I'm done with this thing, so he goes AWOL. But his AWOL was a little different than everybody else's AWOL. He puts on a set of khakis. He goes down and gets on a skiff, and the skiff takes him out to a boat, and he stows away on a boat going to battle. And he's out there almost to Iwo Jima, and at Iwo Jima, when he got there, he said, look, I better tell them who I am. So he goes up and says, hey, I'm a, I'm a deserter. I deserted to go to war. And they looked at him like, you're crazy, man. So they put him in a combat uh, uh, outfit and send him to war. He gets to war. And he, he goes out there, and he's shooting uh, Japanese. And in World War II, that's what they did. I'm sorry if you get offended because somebody shot some Japanese. Uh, they were shooting us too, by the way. It's fair. He shoots two Japanese, and all of a sudden, two hand grenades plop in the, the, the 17-year-old kid. And he jumps on those hand grenades to keep from blowing his friends up. And he lives. <laughs> one of them didn't go off. The other one did. He got over 200 pieces of shrap metal in him. And the kid, they took him back to the ship. They, they took him back, operated on him. He lived. He got the, uh, the Medal of Honor, National Medal of Honor. And they let him stay in, but then they put him out of the Marines because he, he wasn't fit for the Marines anymore. So then he does the next thing. He, he joins the Army and becomes a paratrooper. <laughs> and he jumps out of an airplane, and his stinking parachutes don't open. 
And he learns, it does something, and it does slow him down enough, and he hits the ground, learns how to roll, and it kept him from dying. And you know what that kid did? All he wanted to do was serve his country. And he did it till the day that he just died here recently. And they're going to name a ship one of the Arleigh Burke destroyers after him because of what he did. And people say, oh, well, you know what Mordecai was? He was just a guy. He was just a normal, everyday guy, just like this man. Well, he said, look, I was just a normal, everyday guy. He said, I had two options, and I had them real quick. I can either run from these hangar days or jump on them, one or the other. And he said, I had time to run, but nobody else did. And he jumps on them. You know what Mordecai did? He was sitting there in, in Shushan the palace, and he goes, I, ain't, I don't have time to run. He said, we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to stand and fight. You know what the Lord's looking for today? He's looking for some people that just sit in the right place at the right time and fight. That young man, you know that when they went to give him the Medal of Honor, they said, we can't give you a Medal of Honor because you've got 17 counts against you of this. You're, you're a deserter, and you're this. We can't just give you the Medal of Honor. So they had to wipe his record clean, take everything away. Then they gave him the Medal of Honor. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, here's a kid at 14 years old wanted to serve his nation and serve his country. And he had enough character about him that when it came time to actually make the right decision, he did. And he lived through it. They could not believe the kid lived through it. Mordecai was the same way. You know what, Esther? Esther was the same way. And because of what they did, the walls got built, the temple was taken care of, everything got secured, and the kingdoms all worked together. Brother, you know what you got to do? You got to get to the place where you just trust God. It's not always out there somewhere. Most of the time, it's right here with us, doing right, just doing right. Bob Jones Sr. said the biggest two words in the English language is do right. Do right. Do right. You know, that's hard to do. You walk by faith, not by sight. You need to know what to do and then just do it. Whether it feels good, I, I'm pretty sure... When I read the article, he said when the hand grenade went off, all he could do was scream. <laughs> it hurt so bad. I mean, 200 pieces of shrap metal going in, you probably would hurt too. And he goes, that's pretty much the last thing I remembered until I woke up. And I'm sitting there going, here's a kid that wakes up, and then he dies at 80 years, 80 years old, and then was still a paratrooper. It must not be very hard to be a paratrooper. If you could be a Marine, get blown up, and then be a paratrooper... <laughs> Unless he's one heck of a kid. The, the, again, let me read these off and I'm done. God's in full control. Always remember that. Always remember. Mordecai had that. He knew God was in control of the whole thing. He always has a plan. You can trust him. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not. I say this verse all the time. In that understanding, in all the ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct the path. Brethren, you got one shot through this life. One shot. Just one. Just one. And how you get through it matters. I want to get through this thing where on the other side of this thing, the Lord says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't know if I want to get blown up by a hand grenade, but I do want to go out the right way, whatever way he chooses. Mordecai went out the right way. Later on down the road, Mordecai ends up in, back in the land. Nehemiah ends up in the land. Uh, most of the men that's, that you read stories about end up back in the land, and they're back there, and they're worshiping God in the temple and everything else because God, they let God do what he was supposed to do in their lives. Tyler's message, are you sitting in the right seat? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, I pray that we do sit in the right seat. Lord, that you show us the seats that we need to sit in, and we sit in them. And Lord, uh, we do what you tell us to do at the right time. And Lord, that you give us the, the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge to know what to do when it comes that time. 
So many times, Lord, it's hard to do in this world. They try to tell us that uh, we have to do this or we have to do this, Lord, but it doesn't match what the Bible says. Lord, help us to see in the pages of this book, uh, just like Mordecai. Mordecai knew exactly what to do, and he did it. Uh, Lord, it cost him some stuff at the beginning, but Lord, you worked it out toward the end of his life. And in this little story right here, Lord, it worked out exactly the way it should have worked out. Uh, the Jews were redeemed and saved. Uh, the, the nation of Israel built back the temple, built back the, the walls, and, and Lord, everything remained in harmony. And, and Lord, uh, you got your, your will done. Lord, help us to serve you today. And Father, again, just thank you. Help us to never forget you're always in charge, Lord. Help us just to learn to trust you. And Father, again, we'll praise you. If there's anyone in the room today, Lord, that doesn't know you, they don't know how to trust you. Lord, I just pray that they'd come and ask and just say, hey, how, how can I trust Jesus today? And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.